breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Glitter Boys. The Glitter Boys. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the world of Phase World. We are talking about Rift's Dimension Book 3, the Phase World sourcebook, which mine is beautifully signed. You need, we've talked about this before, you need to get those uh, Christmas boxes because you get all the signs. Mine has uh, Kevin Sambita, Julius Rosenstein, and Michael O'Connor, and I'm very happy about it. This is the return to the three galaxies. This is all the stuff that didn't quite make it into uh, Rift's Dimension Book Two, uh, which was Phase World. Um, it goes into a lot more stuff, and we're going to go through it today. You know, mine's also signed. It says "Explore the Megaverse," Kevin Simbita in twenty twenty. It's got another signature. It looks like Alex is has signed it, and somebody named and I think another one has signed it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm honestly not sure who this one on the bottom is. I think it's who did the typography. Does it look and like mine from? Like Zorro slash almost. <laughs> it absolutely uh does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No idea. I got the same one. <laughs> okay. And I only got a game on by Kevin Sambita, but it's 2019. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. So what's a quick review? This is the second of the phase world books, but the third of the dimension books. Because of course we opened with Wormwood. Yeah. This as we mentioned before in the previous episode where we discussed Phase World, this is one that to me feels like they really should have just bit the bullet and t- combined all of this into the main book. Yeah. That said, I think there was a lot of things that came after a lot of playtesting here. A-, a lot of feedback. As as we all know, they're they're very involved back and forth with with the people playing. So like what was it? It was uh, the the crime and punishment table on on page nine. Where <laughs> yeah. it's okay. So this is what happens in in uh, in this area, right? Uh, it, this is the consortium of civilized worlds, and this is the trans transgalactic empire, and you know uh, the the Wolfens and the you know all the different empires, and there's like all the different things from like uh, concealed weapons to. You know, grand larceny to manslaughter to kidnap to slavery to genocide and like what is what what the punishments are for each empire and i gotta say this is a really useful table and i'd like to see more things like this what i think is funny is that they put genocide on there and you know and did that defined it which i thought was fun i have a feeling that We've mentioned this before that occasionally in the books, you'll find some things that are written in there that seem so weirdly specific <laughs> that, you know, it was put in there just because it happened in a game and there yeah. need to be a counter for it. And I think I think genocide here, I think this is an example of something that was like, God damn it, David. No, you can't. They're going to kill you. And I honestly, that is my head cannon for why there's a cannibalism table in the original Polygon oh, yeah. fantasy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just I, I want I know we're uh we're not going to read off too many of the rules verbatim, but I just want to read the definition of genocide, if I may. 
deliberately causing the death of at least 1% of the known population of a sentient species, ethnic group, or planetary population. In the last instance, the planet must have a minimum population of 100,000. Otherwise, the crime is mass murder, not genocide. Hey, you know, it happened in a game, I'll bet. <laughs> Kevin's like, okay, you want to get specific? But, I'll get specific. It's, yeah, it's not only that. It's like, no, it was mass murder. <laughs> See, here's why. <laughs> Um, Probably called up to the lawyer. Can we get an official definition on this? Funny. I, I need to know what the difference between mass murder and genocide for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not for me, of course. Okay. What we're talking about here is Phase World Sourcebook begins by going into greater cultural detail of the various societies of the worlds. This is really useful information for world building this is all stuff that you're like why is this in a source book this should be part of the main setting guide things like you know the governmental structure crimes and punishment what it means to be a citizen star yeah. travel <laughs> come and, on and the, the, the different methods of star travel and how they relate to each other yeah uh, which is also important you know how in most of our Rifts games, we, we tend to start out somewhere in, in, in coalition-controlled areas or like at the verges or fringes of it. Tends to happen that the, way, yeah. This is kind of the same thing. Like the consortium of, of civilized worlds, you'll probably start out somewhere near there. And it, it really helps to have all this flavor text uh, to, go, to go with it to kind of give you that sense, give you that feeling that you're not just on Earth, but with rockets. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're 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 doing something else, something different, and it, it gives you it gives you the societal feel of each of them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Then we get into some new OCCs and RCCs. So I want to preempt whatever you're going to say. I <laughs> okay. love the Invalian. I love their story. I love that whole mm -hmm. they messed with things that one should not mess with. And basically, yeah. you know, like an eyeball and a tentacle were like, fuck you. <laughs> curse their entire species forever. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't going to say anything. I was saving mine for the Oni. Yeah. I love the Invalian. I like mm -hmm. the style of their robots. I do too. The Chunky Boys. Oh, God. I don't understand why the one on the right has boobs, but whatever. I do like the style, though. I love this bulbous kind of... Mm -hmm. It looks like a weird cross between... Uh, I'm trying to think. There was an anime or something I saw that had those... The leg joints on this robot, on the big one. Because it has basically that horizontal axle style leg joint. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That's just lovely. Yeah, they, they all have the ostrich legs. Yeah, ostrich legs. Chocobos. <laughs> <laughs> I, they're always and will always be battle pods to me <laughs> well yeah 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 that battle pods too yeah the mm -hmm. the horizontal leg joint i love that kind of stuff i love the 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 look into the species i love their story i already said that part i just i don't know i think these are very compelling characters i i do like no matter what setting it's in i do like always the this is the twilight of this civilization. These are the desperate last hangings on. I, I love it in Tolkien. I love it in Elric. I love it in all of these. The, the great Halcyon days are behind us. This is, this is us. 
These are the the survival moments, you know. Have you ever read the Cull of Atlantis stories mm-hmm. from Robert Howard? Yeah, very much the same. This this look at a falling, collapsing world. Mm-hmm. I love it. Or Jack yeah. Dance's Dying Earth, like you know, yeah. everything is slowly dissolving into the waste. Yeah, foundation, just mm-hmm. any, anything yeah. like that. I I love love it. Um, I like the Oni. I, I think it's a little, I think they, they could have gone a little less with the tabby boots, but I, I do like space ninjas. I'm sorry. I'm unapologetic for it. Space ninjas kick ass. I, I can't, I can't not like space ninjas. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think I like, they should have, I think they should have done a different culture and not, you know, done that. But I mean, there's got to be a story here. I know, like, I know the real world story is, I think these guys are cool, so I'm going to write them. But yeah. if you just look at the the sentence, Oni culture seems to be patterned after medieval Japanese civilization. Mm-hmm. Nobody is sure where the species acquired their knowledge or why they adopted it as their own. Hmm. You know, it's a fascinating story. I kind of wonder if maybe their whole culture, maybe their planet, you know, face world is so far out there and beyond the rifts they could have been some people just rifted there and like oh well this is cool and got mutated and then the radiation happened yeah yeah yeah. but yeah they look cool i like it i i have always liked the the interact striking from shadow type um I, i i think i think in a world where it's well i have 8000 mdc in my main body it's like yeah well that's great but you you don't see me and you have to get out of there to pee sometime so. <laughs> all right what do you think about the tz uh, i mean <laughs> i'm pretty sure that they were in uh labyrinth that does kind of look like a cross between one of the labyrinth goblins and maybe uh, Captain Caveman. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that they are uh, basically goblins. Like they, um, they, they, they have no ethics. They come from a hard culture. They will screw over anyone. Um, I, I think this would be, I, I think they could have done better than, than that for a, for a goblin type. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 if I was looking at this character sketch and asking what it was, I would have th- thought some sort of wise sage that, that squats on rocks on strange planets and gives passersby, you know, great wisdom in, a, in exchange for handfuls of trail mix or whatever the, the hell is the medium of exchange. You know, that leads me to ponder the, what was it? Bestiary, the Rift's Bestiary mm-hmm. that I have is a wonderful book. And I believe I was reading something somewhere. It was either in one of Kevin's updates or it might have even been in the text, like the, the how this came to be text of either that book or who knows, even the, that whole 30th anniversary edition of Rift's hardback that mm-hmm. had all the special stuff could have been in that. Anyway. What I'm getting to here is somewhere I read that part of the process of making that book was that many of the monsters were written after the images came, whereas yeah. 
Chuck Walton would just send this, all of this weird ass stuff. And then the people at Palladium would make a monster out of it. And I think they did a good job. I kind of wonder with some of the things in this book, if that happened with CJ Corella, like, you know, we got this, this and this use it. Yeah. 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 There is one part of it that I find interesting, which is the survival society. The, the, that's the one where they must secure living space at all costs. That is a very humanizing moment for, for a goblin, which is basically just me, 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 mine. You know, it's kind of like, kind of like the, the Ferengi, but with a backstory of like, they've been kicked so many times that they are literally looking for their homeland, which tends to build empathy for what would otherwise be just this just awful character except for this little sentence here the survival society's long-term goals include galactic conquest and genocide (laughs) well i mean they they don't have the resources for it it'll be fine (laughs) they're fine (laughs) i don't really want to know my alignment in real life but I just it, it does strike me though as um as created villains. Yeah. I think that there is some room for role playing there. We have the Gun Brothers. It only if you're playing Oni, I think, does this matter? They they're basically created to be the foil for that. Yeah, they are very fascinating. I what are they? Kind of like a uh assassins or something? They're they're Atlanteans, basically. Yeah, they're space yeah. Atlanteans. Gotcha. Yeah, they're they're interesting. We only get like four or five paragraphs about them, and then they're basically never referenced again. It yeah. seems like something that could have been there could have been more done with that. Yeah. Then we move over to Transgalactic Empire. Yeah, uh, it gives you laws and crimes just like the other legions, planets of note, some villains, including the Dweller. Oh, the yeah. dweller, the darkness beneath. Well, the secret, the truth behind who actually rules the transgalactic empire. Yeah. It's an eyeball, just in case you were wondering. It's an eyeball on a stalk, but apparently it's huge. It's got uh, some amazing stats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is a supernatural intelligence. So pretty much, I don't think I've ever seen any kind of an alien intelligence write up in a Rift's book that wasn't near godly. Yeah, especially um, that ass. I don't know if you noticed that, but the uh, the restrained body butt. Oh, yeah, I was just is... looking at that. <laughs> 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 Apparently, that will be 2D6. Hit you with six, for 2D6. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are both Moving literally on. and mentally on the same page. Yeah, the Krigor witch is a cool character. Uh, it very much gives me this kind of evil Agra from the yeah. the Dark Crystal, which there's a lot to play with there. Unfortunately, again, only two paragraphs, not much backstory. Uh, the Invincible Guardsman, the answer, the, the transgalactic empire's answer to Cosmo Knights. Yeah, I love that picture. I love the fucking dinosaur head guy in a Superman suit. Oh, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love everything about it. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's it's a foil for a strange thing, though. I, I there, There's something about this that's just not grabbing me. 
and I don't know what it is. I think if we turn the page, I can talk about the naming conventions. Uh, what are we talking about? The Munro? No, the United Worlds of Warlock. Oh. I mean, it's just it's just so bad. That's a terrible name. Yeah, well, uh, I... I don't want to gloss over the Monroe. The Monroe is one of my okay. favorite races from this book. I love any game that creates a playable, intelligent character race that is non-humanoid. Very non-humanoid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, all right, cool. Anyway, yeah, Monroe is basically like a fat squat, one-eyed displacer beast. Yeah, it's a trog. <laughs> yeah. If you took a displacer beast and shoved it into the body of a pug... You'd have the Monroe. <laughs> oh, and poked out one of its eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what would happen is you shoved it into the body of the pug, and then the displacer beast was trying to pop all of its tentacles out, and eventually the body got ripped open a bit, and there you'd have the Monroe. They're hideous. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty bad. But I think they're a pretty cool race. But yeah, the United Worlds of Warlock are... Uh, eh. Eh. I like... I like their armor suits. They really remind me of fucking Moon Knight. Moon Knight. I think that helmet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it looks just like them. I, I actually really like that design. Mm -hmm. It's it's sort of Magneto-y, sort of Moon Knight-y. It's, it's cool. I like, I like everything about it except the name. I just, I, I can't, I, I don't, I don't like that name. Yeah. It's, it is kind of weird. Yeah. One of the things I do really like is the organizations within the three galaxies where you're talking about the mercenary organizations. Mm -hmm. I see so much potential in these. Yeah. Well, mercenary groups are always so fun. I think Rift's Mercenaries was the introduction mm -hmm. of the random mercenaries role table. I can't wait till we get to that book. That's such yeah. a fun book. Uh, that's such a fun book. You know, let's you just kind of skip over pages 45 through <laughs> 50 and no. talk about the using oh. aliens unlimited data in phase world because <laughs> I love all of this stuff. Aliens unlimited is one of the best books that they ever made for the heroes unlimited line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I want, going back to page 45, though, <laughs> I'm really sorry. I read this and I was, I, I liked it. I liked the background. It started, it all started uh -huh. with the seemingly unrelated incidents in the corkscrew galaxy. Yeah. A merchant ship disappeared. It gives this whole long workup to bring in this alien menace from beyond the stars in flying saucers. Yep. Yep. Page 45, 46, yep. 47. You know what? These are you all turn really 47, cool. You're really psyched up to know more about the intruder types, the beast. You turn it. Oh, what? Well, the hell. <laughs> <laughs> I. What is up with those stupid tooth? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, how does it turn its head without impaling its balls? It's. <laughs> The mind creatures have the same facial features as the war beast, namely a single eye framed by two smaller ones and a large central tusk protruding from the mouth. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand who greenlit this Tom fuckery. Yeah. I, like, this is some art by Scott Johnson and I don't want to blame Scott for this. No, Scott may have been told to draw this. He may have been doing the best he could with what he was given, but it's, <laughs> 
Uh, you know what? Drawing wise, it's very, very good line art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that stupid tooth. Oh, yeah, it's it's this. This is really hard for me because I actually I, I was reading this, not skipping ahead. Mm-hmm. I was like, the intruders. OK, I could build something around this. I, I think I see a way where we could take this all the way to. Oh. This this can't be the reveal. Yeah. <laughs> this can't be the villain. I just can't. Yeah, I feel like there was a sad trombone playing. Yeah. Take me to your leader. No. <laughs> no. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, then we've got gear. Lots and lots of yeah. gear. Guns and guns and guns and explosives and more guns and really cool things. This is what you've come to expect from Palladium, and this is what you're going to get. That power armor. Ugh. And I got to say, uh, we lo- look at the, okay, so most guns, mm-hmm. riffs, 2D6. Yeah. The Derringer in Face World that weighs less than a pound, 5D6, up to 200 feet. There yep. is another example of just the, the power levels. This is the, the smallest of the guns, and it is it is completely just vicious it it is vicious yep 5d6 damage and and it's plasma damage plasma damage doesn't suffer from a lot of the limitations that most energy weapons do ah wonderful there's the gadling missile launcher oh yeah uh, which is because yeah uh the uh micro missiles and grenades there's good stuff here Mm-hmm. I like the death disc weapon system. Yep. There's like web guns. There's uh, the Bushido Industries version of the same. Mm-hmm. It's all about the same damage. There's the Tazi guns, which is the same thing, but alien. Yeah, it's 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 cool. The Warlock power armor is a little silly looking. Just yeah. a little. Just just a little. Just that helmet is. Ridiculous. Honestly, all of it's a little silly until you get to the Avenger, I think. I think the Avenger is a good-looking suit of armor. Let's see. Avenger, Avenger, uh, Avenger. 71. Oh, wow. Ooh, that one. Yeah. That's, uh, what? You like silver hawks? Well, I want silver hawks plus power thirst energy drink for men. <laughs> this thing is a roided-out silver hawk suit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There is some stuff I like in here, though. Uh, the ovoid combat robot, the yep. death egg. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I, it says it transforms. I think they should have shown that. Obviously, as a death egg, but yeah, I mean that's okay. The, the, I uh, also like. Yeah, the tanks are good, and yeah, it's very Dominion tank police too. They're very bulbous. Mm-hmm. And we got more vehicles, more and more things <laughs> more for you to now, try and convince your game master to let your group have. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if you do manage to get it, there's lots of stuff for the Game Master to kick the shit out of it with. (laughs) I like the sizes. Uh And I will say this. I like the uh, Warlock Federation's idea of using water as both a shield and a weapon. Their spaceship has a hose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But when you think about taking attacks from plasma and collimated light... And what happens to water in space? That's actually kind of smart. You need water on your ship to survive. It also makes sense to be able to use that as both a shield and a weapon. Yeah. 
So there's a series of books that I have on multiple occasions advised that you read. And the the author is Scott Westerfield. And the series is The Risen Empire. Well, it started out with a dream sequence, man. No, it didn't. No. Wait, which one did you give me that started out with a dream sequence? I don't sequence? know, but Risen Empire starts out with an epic dogfighting battle that turns out the- to be taking space in an inch because everything right. is so micro small at that level of combat. But I'm later in the series, in the in the books, there is a a battle. There's multiple battles in space. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that they use as weapons is sand. <laughs> they just fire out sand because so much of the enemy's attacks, enemies shoot waves and waves and waves of these microscopic things, which just tear through ships. So then they send out just walls of sand to like, to absorb this kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's so inventive. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It was one of the books you gave me where it started out with a dream sequence and I was like, Nope. I'm just not. Yeah, Scott Westerfield, Risen Empire. Uh, I think half of the people in our Rifts game were like, yes, you should read this, Matthew. You need to read okay. the series. <laughs> okay, it is one of the most Rifts equivalent fictions out there that I can possibly. Right, well, you're, you're still reading um, the Elric Saga, right? Off and on. Yeah. Okay. I will read this then. Yeah. I, I promise. By the time we record again, I will have the first book under my belt. Okay, Risen Empire. Right. It's you got it. Trust me, it's so okay. good. And there are so many of those ha ha fuck you moments that happen in the story <laughs> where somebody pulls off a clever plan and you're mm-hmm. like, Yeah, fuck that guy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's wonderful. Now I know we're in the final pages of this. This isn't a big book, it tops out a little over a hundred. But this is where I fell in love with this book. Let me because, get page 98. Uh, page 91. Oh, okay. Space cruisers. <laughs> yeah. And well, we yeah, have a good this one too. beautiful, beautiful mm. picture by Long. Just this multi, multi-turreted space cruiser up against, you know, a, a starry sky with more in the back. Oh, I love it. And I love stats for big spaceships. I love this part of the book. This makes me so happy. Yeah. I like... The Smasher class cruiser. I don't care that it looks like an angry butterfly. I like the dwarven iron ship so very much. That looks real cool to me. It looks like a submarine, but mad and done with rivets. Uh, the the other the battleships, carriers, and dreadnoughts. Oh, beautiful line art. That art, that Kevin Long art on page ninety eight, looks like it could be the cover of a nineteen eighties sci fi epic. Oh, yeah, th- that belongs straight in heavy metal. Yeah. And it's the one that's literally on the cover yeah. of, of this one oh, with the Cosmo right. Knight you're right. just getting in the way of it. So no, that's not a Cosmo Knight. That's somebody in some uh, some of that. Glitter boy. Yeah, something like that. Flying Silver armor. Hawk. Yeah. Um, yeah, all of this, all of this I love. And and you get the Zentradi as a Packmaster Wolfen ship, but that is straight up Zentradi right there. And you finally get some more dogfighting rules. Yay. Mm-hmm. Damage to crew members. I love random tables. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Loved everything about this part of the book. Which brings us to, you know, to experiences. And these are the other ones you should buy. 
And that's Phase World. That's Phase World Sourcebook One. So the question we always ask at the end of one of these episodes, do you need this book? I would say if you are moving into uh, beyond Rift's Earth and like beyond Wormwood and like your, your, your players, you're, you're getting high level and your players have gone and gone and gone and like started to explore the megaverse. I'd say yes. And I'd say you need this just as much as you'd need the first face world book. I think that if you are going to run a face world game, you absolutely need this book. Agreed. I don't think that the first phase world book works without it. It is material that ultimately all should have been in one larger tome. And I, I get why they did what they did, but maybe they could have trimmed out a few sentences from some of the paragraphs and condensed things. Like it really should be used collectively. I will say this phase world book one uh, was 27 bucks in the, in the perfect print. Phase World Book 2 was under 20. It was like 16 bucks. That's, and that's whatever printing of these I have. That wasn't like original price. So they didn't, they didn't hit you. They didn't games workshop it, you know, yeah. where they hit you for the same price again. They didn't Wizards of the Coast it. I think they just literally couldn't cram it all in with whatever reasons they had at the time. So... Because if the pricing had reflected the same one again, I'd say, yes, this was someone being, but it didn't. This, this was very obviously an addendum that just wasn't ready. Could have been a deadline thing. My caveat for all of that is Rift's phase world is a cut above and beyond that. It is an order of magnitude higher in power mm-hmm. than the rest of Rift's. Yes. And if you are looking to do rifts in space, you can do phase world. It's currently supported. There are multiple mm-hmm. books out there for it in the dimension book line, and it is still in print. However, I'm, and I, it, I'm really sad that when we recorded this episode on Manhunter that I couldn't use it. The audio did not record properly, and I have pretty high standards when it comes to releasing things. If it sounds bad in my ears, I'm not going to make it sound bad in anybody else's. Rift's Manhunter is so good. <laughs> it was, it's such a damn good book that it is Rift's in space. To me, that's what I would use. It's that good. Yeah. The world development, I think, is so much more cohesive. It's structured in a way that... It puts, you know, the setting content, the system content, and all of those things in ways that you would expect to read in a gaming book. It's such a good book. And Rifts in Space, you got to get Rifts Manhunter, folks. You just got to. Yeah. Yeah. We got we to gotta re-record that episode. The, the source book zero. Yeah. Oh, and when you're buying it, make sure you're getting the Megaverse source book. There are others. Yeah. Uh, Manhunter, before it was brought to Rifts. Don't get those. Not, not unless you just want to chuckle. Yeah, unless you are some kind of a history buff. Man, we really should record that episode again. We, we need to go back was, and do that good again. content. But you're right. Yeah. I, for science, purchased all of the Manhunter books. I went. <laughs> I have a GM and, screen right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I loaned them to, to Matthew here to, to look over so we could have a bit more to discuss if we recorded it again. That old system is... <laughs> Ugh. 
<laughs> take the worst parts of no no i will say this I, and i i no no damn it we'll save it for when we record it i will not say it goddamn thing all right i'm gonna give i'm gonna give because you kind of said something there that i want to riff off of for a second riffs in space i want to like phase world because i don't want to annoy my audience i know that we've had a lot of requests to do phase world and I'm, I'm going to tell you, it, it's, it's still not grabbing me. There are parts of it that I like. There absolutely are. But as it stands, there are interesting bits. But the overarching storyline of why this works, the world it revolves around, Phase World, and why people do the things they do, strike, it, it doesn't grab me. Like, I'm not going, yeah, and that, that might be me. It, it very well might be me and my experiences, but Bayes World just doesn't do it for me for for the same feel that you get from from Rifts, from Palladium, from uh, the Supers, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, from Robotech in space. It just it doesn't, and I wish it did. I really did. I was I came here expecting to be wowed. I probably hyped up this book a little too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I also expected to be uh, in a greater state of nostalgic joy looking over these contents when we were prepping for these episodes because Phase World was really strongly involved in my fandom as a Palladium fan in high school. Phase World was right there. We were all about it. Mm -hmm. And now... 30 some whatever years later i am i look at it from the perspective of having read decades worth of other games since then and it just doesn't grab me that much either mentioned this last time our previous podcast we did an episode on a movie called valerian in the city oh of a thousand worlds or something <laughs> yeah. and it's 100 percent key phase world stuff there mm-hmm Valerian and Phase World can go hand in hand. They are that out there with their concepts, but they're also that out there with my interests. It's out there somewhere. I just haven't reeled it in yet. There's parts of it. There, there are parts of it I like. I do like the spaceship combat rules. I do like the dogfighting rules. I like the classes of cruiser. There are things I liked in the first Phase World book too. And at the modern day price of picking both up for under 50 bucks, yeah, there, there is value there. Like you, you should, if, if you're a collector and you see yourself running a long, a long game that might eventually go into space, yeah, you should probably get this. It's, it's, it's cheaper and it'll give you more value than whatever Wizards of the Coast repackage of fucking Drizz that's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> but we'll bitch about that some other time. I just... I, I, I wanted, I, I know how they made worlds and I've always loved how they make worlds. And for whatever reason, this one just didn't, it didn't grab me by the short and curlies like they normally do. There isn't a central point of cohesion. You might think that that central point of cohesion is face world, but it's not. Yeah. It's called face world, but face world ultimately plays such a tiny part in everything. Yeah, Like it's defined at the beginning of the first book. And then we just sort of go off and do our own thing everywhere else. Yeah. And we never bring it back. That's the problem here. There's no, well, it's kind of like the 
the Star Wars <laughs> prequel trilogies. <laughs> there's no protagonist, you know. Yeah. There's no central point to bring the audience in and keep bringing them back to the subject matter at hand. Like Phase World could be it, it it's supposed to be the center, right? It is it's what the 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 place the three galaxies turn around. And it it should have massive orbital constructions because you can't fit all these ships around you have to dock them carefully and space elevators going up and down and up and down ferrying goods and you have to ferry goods into phase world because there's so there's three galaxies worth of people tromping around they can't grow food there you know i mean like it should be this this awesome and awe-inspiring place and it's it's like this little podunk trading thing with with the population of earth and you're just like oh uh to give it some credit, it's much more than a podunk trading post. The The lower levels of center, the city, mm. are quite awesome. Yeah. That said, they're just not given that much attention. You know, it's the center. It's center, right? You would expect it to be the center of everything, but it's not the center of this. It's yeah. all just, and everything's ancillary. Like... If it's the focus of three galaxies worth of, of, of life, I was just expecting more, I suppose. Yeah. Well. Honestly, like I'm, I'm getting down on it again and I shouldn't yeah. be because it's, it's a, it's a good goddamn book. And what the fuck is with the dwarf ship and where are the dwarves? Where, where, where do they come in? I don't remember. I think they are one of the was client the races book? of the United Worlds of Warlock. Yeah, I, I wanted more dwarves. I'm I'm all down for squats for space. I wolves. don't know if they actually that. have stats for the dwarves in there. I think you're supposed to pull them from the conversion book. I can do that. I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. Um, I will say this: it is a well realized world, and it is big enough, and there's enough going on that you can put yourself and your characters in any aspect of it that interests you, and just build off that. And you have so much to go off of. I may just be a jaded old shit who has read too much foundation and like really like big things. And that that's obviously coloring because a lot of people really, really love phase world. Like I, I, I hear about it in the forums. I hear about it in the comments. I hear about it in our own discord. You should check it out. Later boys, uh, breakfast puppies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like, um, like it's, it's, it's a very, very alive thing. So maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm missing something. Could be dear listener, please drop by our discord and let us know your thoughts on phase world. Do you agree? Do you think that this is, uh, something we should just never come back to? <laughs> do, what do you, no. do you think we got it wrong? Uh, share your stories, share your tales of why phase world is awesome to you. I, I would like that. I, I want, I, it's, it's space. I love space and I want to love this. I, I really, really, truly do. And I, I don't, I don't dislike it. I just, I, I feel like it, it could have been more. Yeah. It could have been grander. Could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I want to close this episode, not with a note of positivity, Thank you to everybody who has already signed up and thrown us some dollars at our coffee page. Much appreciated. You are helping keep the lights on. Yeah, you guys are the best. And if if you don't, you're not a coffee drinker, but you really do want 
to wear some quasi riffs, Lisa, Lisa Frank style, um, like apparel, <laughs> you could stop by our store at uh, yeah. Redbubble. Yeah. Just with that sweet logo on your body, just put it everywhere. <laughs> the stickers do in fact stick anywhere. They do. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wrapping it up. I'm a negative Nancy. This is actually a really good book. There, there's a lot going on there. And yeah, it's, it, it should be gotten. I, I think if, if, if you're at the progression where you're slapping around stuff like, Oh yeah, we're going to go beat the shit out of this dragon. Why look at us, man. We're the saviors of, then it's time to switch to phase world. Yep. Send them to somewhere that they're not as powerful as they think they are. Yeah. This is an excellent GM strategy to have in your back pocket. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll catch you on the next one. Good night. Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Scher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. And you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Damn it, I tried, NPC. When I turned the page and saw that fucking tooth again. (laughs) I really tried. (laughs)